We're looking at people's encounters with Jesus in the Gospel of John. We're still in chapter 1 of John, and we're going to look at Nathaniel. Do you call him Nathaniel or Nathaniel? Nathaniel or Nathaniel, uh, take your pick. So let us read at the end of John chapter 1, verse 43 to the end. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can any good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit, in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe. You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, truly, truly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. We're still in the first week of the new creation and... The church started with two people, two disciples of John. One of them uh, was Andrew, followed Jesus. Andrew tells his brother, Simon Peter, we've found the Messiah. And Peter comes to believe in Jesus. So the church is three people. That's where we left. Imagine a church of three people. I preached in the summer in a place where about three or four in the congregation. Now, someone else has an encounter with Jesus. We're not going to look at him this morning. He's Philip. Jesus leaves the area of Jordan where John the Baptist was, and he goes to Galilee, uh, further north, and there he finds Philip, and Philip is converted. They're falling like dominoes, aren't they? And Philip then goes to Nathaniel, the one we're going to look at this morning, and says to Nathaniel, We've found him. We've found him. And Nathaniel says, Can any good thing come from Nazareth, Jesus' hometown? Now then, let's look at Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus. Remember now what we're saying Jesus is the only way to God. There is no other way, but there are many ways to Jesus. So everyone's conversion is unique. Otherwise, it's a cult. 
And so the way Nathaniel encounters Jesus is different to Philip, is different to Simon Peter, is different to Andrew, is different to me, is different to you. The question we've got to ask is, have we come to Jesus Christ? Now, I've got three things to say about Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus, and they're three vital lessons for us to learn, whether we are Christians or not. And the first is Nathaniel's character. He is without guile. He's without guile. What does that mean? He says it as it is. Now, there are some people, well, they call a spade a spade, but they even go further than that. And I imagine Nathaniel to be somebody like that. There, there is no play acting with him. He's playing it straight. I don't know about you, but I like that. Even the comments that he makes to Philip, when Philip says, we found Jesus. Nathaniel just says what is on his mind, which doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Now, we've got to understand this a bit, because Nathaniel was a Galilean, because he was from Cana in Galilee. We're going to go to Cana uh, next time I'm preaching on John. Now, people in Jerusalem, the capital city, they thought Galileans were just below them. They were all country bumpkins up in Galilee. Maybe, I might be treading on toes here, it's like us city people thinking, you know, those people up in the valleys, they're, they're not quite as sophisticated as us. I used to work in Bargoid. Can any good thing come from Bargoid? When I was working there, it had the second biggest coal tip in Europe. So on a rainy day, it had character. But if you were from Bargoid, Nathaniel was from Cana, Nazareth was the pits. So I'm being really careful here now. I'm using this for an illustration. But for people from Bargoid, if you go further up the valley, past Derry, there's a place called Vachru. Have you ever been to Vochru? It's right up in the moors. Can any good thing come from Vochru, the Nazareth, uh, to uh, Bargoid? So that's the kind of person Nathaniel is. He says it as it is. And Philip doesn't argue with him. All he says is come and see. And I like that. I, I can't argue with you this morning about Jesus Christ, about Christianity. I, I, I'm not clever enough to be able to do that. But I can say with Philip, come and see. C come and see. You, you don't have to have great understanding to be able to say that. C come and see someone who has saved me from my sin. Come and see someone who has given me a hope, not just in this life, but in the world to come. Come and see someone who is alive, who is always sufficient. 
And Nathaniel comes, and Jesus sees him as he's coming. And Jesus confirms Nathaniel's character. Behold, an Israelite indeed, verses 47 and 48, in whom there is no guile. So Jesus confirms what we've already said about Nathaniel. Let, let's open this word up, guile, deceit. What does it mean? Are there any fishermen here this morning? Because the word for guile in the original comes from fishing. And it's the same word that is used of a bait. Uh, so a fisherman will use a bait to hide the hook in order to catch the fish. So the fish swimming sees the bait, he sees food, and he thinks, that's for me. And he goes straight for it, and once he bites it, he's hooked, and he's caught. That's what guile means. A person who has guile catches you. They want to control you. They offer a bait, but really... There's a hook there. You can't trust them. They just want you to do what they would like with you, like the fisherman catching the fish. The classic example, that's why we read about him, was Jacob. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says of Nathaniel, an Israelite indeed, the word Israel comes from Jacob. Jacob was the supplanter. He was the deceitful one. Uh, you will know the story of Jacob. He deceived his father Isaac in order to steal uh, the blessing uh, from his brother Esau. Jacob, Esau was a hairy man. Jacob wasn't. So Jacob puts the hairs of animals upon him because his father Isaac had gone blind, and Isaac thought it was Esau coming to him, but it was Jacob deceiving his father, and Jacob uh, was blessed instead of Esau. And in Genesis, uh, the word uh, that Jacob uses, or Isaac uses, when Esau realizes what has happened, his father says, your brother came deceitfully. It's exactly the same word as is used here, Nathaniel wasn't that. Nathaniel was straight. He's true. An Israelite indeed, a true Israelite. Another way of putting it, an Israelite in whom there is no Jacob. I like that. It's a play on words, isn't it? Jacob, when he encountered God at Bethel and later on, uh, many years later, when he had that encounter at Penuel, he was changed from a Jacob to Israel. But uh, Jesus is here saying, Nathaniel, you don't have any Jacob in you. I can see right through you, Nathaniel, and you're transparent. Are we? Are we? Maybe you've been put off Christianity because of Christians. Uh, somebody once said the church would be fine if it wasn't for the people in it. And sad to say, often we Christians 
can put people off Jesus Christ because we are not playing it straight. It's, it's one of the things that we who profess to be Christians can become guilty of. We, we can put a mask on, can't we? Uh, you had it in the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Uh, on the outside, they were whiter than white, but in their hearts, they, they, they were sin. We can be like the god Janus, two-faced. Uh, what's that um, villain in the Batman movies? Is there a villain called Two-Face? Two-Face. One side is charming, handsome. The other side is disfigured and horrible. And we, we can be like that, can't we? When we're in church, we can put on our spiritual face and we can be as holy as anybody but then when we're at home or when we're in the workplace, we put on our other face, our real face. And what Jesus is saying is, Nathaniel, you're not that. You're real. You may have your faults, Nathaniel, but at least you're being transparent. That great Welsh hymn, Thomas William putting words into the mouth, not of the Pharisee. The Pharisee, when he was praying, was looking up to heaven. He was full of himself, and he was thanking God. Nothing wrong with that, but he was thanking God that he wasn't like that tax collector. That's self-righteousness, isn't it? That Pharisee would have been, oh, so righteous, but he was deceitful. What did the Pharisee say? God, be merciful to me, the sinner. The tax collector was real. God be merciful to me, the sinner. And this is what Thomas William does. He puts words in his mouth. I'm coming as a sinner. I have no other name. I know that I'm a sinner and better cannot be. I'm poor, unclean and guilty. Be merciful to me. Is that us this morning? Take away your mask. And come to Jesus Christ as Nathaniel, as a sinner. The great Spurgeon said once, give me a sinner and I can spend time with him because he's got nothing to hide. That's our problem. We've got so much to hide. We hide under the folds of our religiosity. Jesus says, take that off. Be real. You uh, remember the revival on the Isle of Lewis in the middle of the last century, the most powerful movement of the spirits this country uh, has seen to, um, uh, uh, in the 20th century. And there were men praying in the barn. Have I got that right? They were praying in the barn on the Isle of Lewis. They wanted God to come down and one of them said, this, this is all humbug. Uh, humbug is an old-fashioned word for hypocrisy. This is all humbug. And he quotes the words, doesn't he, uh, from one of the Psalms. Who shall ascend uh, the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands. And this is what challenged those men in the barn. Are our hands clean? 
He who has no guile, the psalm goes on to say. Now, I'm not preaching this morning that we have got to be in a certain state in order that God may save us. Oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this. We've got to be real. You can't play with God. So let Nathaniel be a lesson to all of us. Let us be straight. Let, let, let us realize we've got nothing to hide when we come before God. And then the second lesson here that Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus teaches us is Jesus himself sees right into the heart. This is the big emphasis in this chapter. It's all transparent. And Nathaniel is transparent. He's a sinner, just like any of us, but he's a real sinner. Uh, real, not in terms of out-and-out out sinner, but he's just real. He's not hiding anything. And then Jesus sees, he sees into the hearts. I've got to go on my speed awareness course this week. When I was caught speeding, as I was sharing with the children a few weeks ago, I, I thought I was all right. But the camera, the police camera, didn't lie. You can't argue with the police camera. And Jesus is like that speed camera. He sees right through your outward actions. He sees into the very hearts, into the motives. A little later in John, a woman Jesus speaks to at the well in Samaria. He sees her as she is. And do you know what she says to people then? She, she's encountered Jesus and she says, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. If you've got a Bible, look at the verses we're considering. There's one word that is used again and again. What, what word is it? I'm not going to... I've got to be careful, because last Sunday we had an Alexa answer my rhetorical question. <laughs> So don't, don't say anything, but there is one word that is repeated again and again. Do you know what it is? Found. Andrew found his brother Simon Peter. And then what did they say? We have found the Messiah. And then Jesus found Philip. And then Philip found Nathaniel. And what did Philip say? We have found him of whom the law and the prophets spoke. Now, it looks as if all these different people are finding Jesus, doesn't it, for themselves? And there's an element of truth in that. When I was seeking Jesus, I found him in the end. But over and above all of that, there is someone else, isn't there? Think again of fishing. Uh, we're thinking of the hook and using it in a positive sense. 
uh, it's not Nathaniel finding Jesus, is it? It's not you and me finding the Savior. It's he found me. He is the divine fisherman. And over and above all the movements, he is the one that is fishing for souls. Has he found you? If you found him, it's because he was first coming after you. And when Jesus finds Nathaniel, he sees him. He sees him. And that's what brings Nathaniel to confess Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. What does he say? He says something quite astounding. It doesn't sound uh, astounding at first sight. But he says to Nathaniel, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Well, well, what does that mean? Have you got a fig tree in your garden? Have you got a fig, fig tree in your garden? I wouldn't mind having a juniper tree in my garden sometimes, but I haven't got a fig tree. But a lot of Israelites would have a fig tree, right? And you know what they would do under the fig tree? They would go under the shade of the fig tree to read the scriptures, to meditate, to pray. And I think Nathaniel was seeking Jesus Christ. He wasn't realizing that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah yet, but he was seeking, like uh, Simeon and Anna that we'll be remembering at Christmas, he was waiting for the Messiah, and he would go daily to his fig tree, and he would be reading the scriptures, and he would be praying, and I think he could have been reading about Jacob and Jacob's ladder, I think he could have been confessing his sin. Remember, he was real. I think that God might have met with him under the fig tree. But this is the thing. He had an experience under the fig tree that only he and God knew about. There are some things there are only between you and God, aren't they? And Jesus says, I saw you, Nathaniel, when you had that experience. I saw you. And Nathaniel suddenly realized, this isn't just a man. This is God. This is God. Has that happened to you? Not in that way, because we don't have fig trees. Let me tell you a story. There was a preacher in Northern Ireland between the two world wars called W.P. Nicholson. He was nicknamed W.P. So powerful was his preaching, some people think that it kept Northern Ireland from violence during that period, because there was a revival. And he would preach in a church like this, and people would invite their non-Christian friends to the meeting. And that happened. And after the meeting, the person that had invited their non-Christian friend turned to them and asked, what did you think of that then? What do you think of that? And you know what they said? They were really offended. They said, if I would have known that you would have told the preacher everything about me before the service, I wouldn't have come. Now, the person hadn't done anything of the sort. But W.P. Nicholson was preaching the word of God. And the spirit of God was working. And that person was feeling as if they were the only ones being spoken to. Has that happened to you? 
you're not meant to be comfortable in church. Well, we're meant to be comfortable in one sense. I'm feeling sorry for you that you've got to sit in those pews. Uh, but in another sense, we're not meant to be comfortable, are we? Because when God is speaking in his word, he's speaking to you personally. That's why we can't hide anything. We really can't hide anything. And Nathaniel confesses, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Again, it's interesting here. Uh, Jacob, who became Israel, was a son of God. He was of the lineage of uh, the uh, sons of God. But what Nathaniel is saying is, Jesus, you're the true son of God. You're the true Israel. You're the one who has a unique relationship with God the Father. That's what Nathaniel is confessing. He's saying, Jesus of Nazareth, you may come from uh, no good place, but I realize now that it's only as a man that you were brought up in that backwater place called Nazareth. I realize that that is not the place where you've come from. You've come from a place that is much further away than that. You've come from heaven itself, and that's no dump. You've come from the courts of glory, from the perfection of heaven, from the company of your Father, uh, with whom you spent eternity in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus of Nazareth, I realize now that you're the Son of God, and that you've become a man, and that you've left heaven and all the glories, all the heights of splendor, and you've come down all the way to the pits of Nazareth in order for me to be saved. And you know what? Jesus is going to go even lower. He's going to go down to the depths of the cross in order that we might be brought to God. And Nathaniel simply says, you are the Messiah. Nathan is preaching in Resolven, a little village in the Vale of Neath. I knew an old lady in Resolven. She was a believer. She didn't have much understanding, but she had Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door one day. And she asked them, who are you? And they said, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. She said, so am I. <laughs> I want to bear witness to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's what Nathaniel is doing. You're the word of God the Father. He says of Jesus, you are God incarnate. There's so many good hymns in our hymn book. I take ages to choose them. And we were going to have this today. Thou art the everlasting word, the Father's only Son, God manifestly seen and heard, and heaven's beloved one. Worthy, O Lamb of God, art thou that every knee to thee should bow. Have you taken the knee to Jesus? We're not thinking physically now. I know people in uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests were taking the knee but have you bowed your heart to Jesus Christ have you done what Nathaniel has done and confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord that's what a Christian is and then one lesson before we come to communion 
Jesus goes on to say, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. You had an experience of me then. And as a result, Nathaniel comes out. He, as it were, comes out as a believer in Jesus Christ. He believes this man is none other than the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And Jesus goes on to say to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what he says. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, and you believed, you will see greater things than these. And then look at how Jesus puts it. It's not very well put in the New King James. Most assuredly, I don't like that. I prefer the AV, don't you? Verily, verily. Do you know what that means in the original? Amen, amen. Truly, truly. What is the thread running through this encounter? It's truth. It's transparency, not guile, not deceit. And this is the first truly, truly saying of Jesus, which we'll have plenty of in the Gospel of John. And Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, I'm telling you the truth, Nathaniel, as the NIV puts it. You're going to have an even greater experience. You're going to see heaven opened up and you're going to see a ladder coming down. Or a stairway, that's the better translation. And you're going to see the angels of God coming up and down that ladder. And more important, you're going to see the Son of Man ascending and descending. That's another term for Jesus. We haven't got time this morning, but it's a messianic term. Jesus promises Nathaniel a vision of a stairway. Not any stairway. The stairs here don't go very far, do they? They come up here. I always wondered why we got these things here. It's as if they're supposed to be more stairs going up there. Uh, but this stairway, this ladder, it starts where you're at on earth. But you know where this is going? It's going to heaven. This is the stairway to heaven. And Jesus is referring to the experience that Jacob had at Bethel, the one we read about. Jacob the supplanter par excellence, was transformed into Israel, a man who utterly depended on God. It began, I think Jacob was converted when he had that vision of the ladder. That's when Jacob believed, but even that didn't get rid of all the deceit in him. He was still a bit slippery, wasn't he? Until a few years later, when he had that encounter with God at Penuel. And Jacob there, talk about power. Jacob had come to the end of his strength. God had weakened him in his hip. And if you've had a hip hop, you'll know all about this. So poor Jacob had to rest on God. He had to say, I will not let thee go until thou bless me. Because he didn't have anything else to rest on. And that's when Jacob was changed into Israel. And do you know what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel? Most assuredly, I say to you, in the authorised version, that's you, plural, not the, singular. So Jesus is addressing all of us here this morning. It's not just Nathaniel who can see this stairway to heaven. It's every one of us. And you know what it is, don't you? What is Jesus referring to here? We're going to be remembering it shortly. The bread, the wine. That's not it. That's not the ladder. They're just symbols. What are those symbols pointing towards? They're pointing towards a cross. 
And it's not so much the wooden cross that's the ladder. I know a ladder can be made out of wood. But it's the one hanging on the cross. Who is that? It's the Son of Man. It's the Son of God. Wonder of wonders. How can it be that the one who left heaven, the one who is God and who became a man, the one who lived a totally guileless, perfect life, what's happening to him? He is being nailed to a cross. What's crucifixion? Crucifixion is the worst form of execution devised by man. What's he being condemned for? He's being condemned for the worst of crimes, claiming to be God, blasphemy. And why is he hanging there? He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't. He's dying there not for his own sin, but for the sins of others. Whose sin is being punished on Jesus Christ? I know it's my sin. I know it's Nathaniel's sin. I know it's Simon Peter's sin. His denials of Jesus. I know it is Philip's sin. I know it is Andrew's sin. Is it your sin? If it's not your sin, you're still carrying it and you're still going to be under judgment. But have you transferred your sin to Jesus Christ? That's what a Christian is. A Christian is a person who is real. I'm coming as a sinner. I have no other name. But I've heard of old that Jesus, and he's the same today, turns not the greatest sinners nor tax collectors away. Accept me then, my Saviour, you are my only door, and pardon my transgressions. That's another word for sin, and remember them no more. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power of the blood? Have you been? Apparently, if you want to travel to Anglesey at the moment, normally there are two ways, well, two ways if you're going by car, that is, there are two bridges. There's the Menai Bridge and there's the Thomas Telford Bridge. But the Menai Bridge has been shut. So now there's only one bridge. There's only one way to Anglesey, if you ever go there. My friends, there's only one way to heaven. Only one way. There's only one road, said the poet, and it leads to Calvary. It is Calvary. It gets discouraging at times, but I know I'll make it by the saving grace that's over me. Uh, uh, on a morning like this, uh, when I was pre preparing, uh, looking through my notes this morning, I had a glorious view, you know. I could see the Bristol Channel, and I could see flat home, and I could see the land of summer. Not Wales, but Somerset. The land of summer. It looks heavenly at times, but there's no way to get there unless you go all the way around to the seven bridge. But Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus says, I'm not playing with you. I am the truth. I am without guile. I'm the God who cannot lie. When I say to you, I am the way to heaven, I mean it. I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Jesus says, praise God. There's a stairway. There's a ladder. Do you know, this ladder comes to you right where you're at. Jacob didn't deserve this ladder. Jacob, when he was lying on the floor with a stone as a pillow, he was a cad. I don't know if that's a word we use today, but he, he was a deceitful man. And yet the ladder came to where he was, at his feet. And you and I were just undeserving of God's mercy and the wonder of God's grace is that Jesus Christ invites us 
where we're at to come to him. So what do you do? I'm, I'm not scared of heights on the mountains, but I'm scared of heights going up a ladder. I can't go up a ladder. So you've got to take the first step. That's the step of faith. Have you taken the step of faith? Have you cast yourself on Jesus Christ? And then having believed in him, as Jacob did, as Nathaniel did, you don't stop there. You can climb further up. This is the celestial ladder. Having had one experience, one encounter with Jesus Christ, that's not the end of it. He can come to you again and again. And I can't remember now how long I've been a Christian for. But ever since I've believed, I haven't stopped since then. That was the beginning. Uh, We sometimes give the wrong impression when we're giving a testimony. We talk about something that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. But what's the point of that? God is the God of the living. God is the God who is still giving us experiences of himself. Wouldn't it be lovely when we were giving testimonies that we talked of what God is doing to us now? I remember when uh, the sisters came first over here from Moldova. They're not used to our way of doing things. And they were asked to give their testimonies. And they weren't talking about the first time they believed in Jesus. They were just talking about how Jesus had provided for them in the last few weeks. I like that. I've got to come to a conclusion. There is a way. That's what I'm trying to say. There is a way. And you don't have to pay. It's like the Seven Bridge now. It's wonderful not having to pay at all. It's wonderful. If you have to go shopping, if I'm staying in Chepstow and I have to go shopping to Cribs Causeway, it's six pounds or so cheaper. I don't have to pay at all. There is no price to climb this ladder. Jesus has paid the debts. That's what he was doing on the cross. It's not a cheap salvation. It's not easy believism. We turn from sin, we turn from deceit, we turn from self-righteousness, and we cast ourselves on Christ. But it's paid by him. It's paid by him. And I, I, I want to talk to you about angels ministering as well. Have I got time? I think very quickly I'll just talk about a group of missionaries, Scottish missionaries, a hundred years ago, a couple, uh, just a husband and wife, Uh, They were uh, missionaries in a place where there were cannibals. And uh, one night they saw that a group of cannibals was surrounding them, was surrounding them. And they feared for their lives and they didn't know what to do. So all they did was stand still and they prayed probably as well. (laughs) And then after a while, all the cannibals retreated into the forest. Now the leader of the cannibal and a few others were later converted and a few years after that the missionaries asked them uh, what what happened that night why did you suddenly withdraw there were only two of us why, why did you go back in fear as it were and he said no no there weren't two of you there was a whole army around you angels I believe in angels, do you? But I believe more than that in Jesus as the Son of God, as the only way to heaven. And I want every one of you to cast yourselves on him, to put your feet on the first rung of that ladder to believe in him. 
And then, my friends, let's climb higher. Onwards and upwards, when we have a birthday uh, as a believer, it's, it's not a, birth, a normal birthday celebration. It's an onwards and upwards party. It's an onwards and upwards party. Let's go on if you're a Christian. And if you're not, come, come, come and see, come and see. And start climbing. And we're all going to climb together uh, for his namesake.